The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, gentle listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Above the Nest with Rachel, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. My name is Rachel Privet, and the Eagles are still on their mini bye week, but they have a Monday night football game coming up on Monday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I am joined by a guest. Um, this is a very, very special guest to me. When Michael Kiss hits you up and say, you got to call this person, hit him up and bring him on the podcast you listen. And so I am so happy to have this guest with me. He knows the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Buccaneers very, very well. And so he is currently um, the NFL draft analyst. He's an NFL draft analyst, and he also is the host of the Audibles and Analytics NFL podcast. His name is John Ledyard. He can be found on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. So what's up, John? Happy Thursday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm excited about this game. I think Bucks fans have heard me talk about the team for two weeks. Have said, "Man, like I, I, I yeah, they're optimistic about the way the team started, but I think that the competition's about to get a lot tougher, and so it'll be good to be able to analyze this team against one of the better teams in the NFC, one of the better teams in the NFL. I think that'll be kind of a healthy way to start looking at them moving forward." Absolutely. Both teams going into this game, Eagles and Bucks, are undefeated. Both of them are 2-0. and And so I wanted to ask you, someone who does focus on the Bucks very heavily, are you taking this 2-0 and Bucks team seriously? Um, I don't think so. Not in terms of being like a playoff contender, like a Super Bowl contender, something like that. I think they should be happy with the way they played, and especially the way they improved from week one to week two. I thought there were a lot of clear improvements to the process just in terms of what they even learned from what they saw in the first week. They come out, lots of 12 personnel, and they're kind of operating. Let's target the tight ends. Let's utilize play action, which has continued to be successful for them. But I think what they found was it actually might be better for us moving forward to make sure that we are utilizing more 11 personnel, spreading the field more, giving Baker more options, allowing him to kind of dictate things to the line of scrimmage and then go somewhere quick with the ball so I've been pretty encouraged by the fact that they've kind of learned as they went but it's only two weeks and the competition especially in terms of trench play like we're talking about offense defensive line is about to get way harder on both sides of the ball I mean the Eagles and Bears probably there are yeah the, the sorry the Bears and the Vikings probably their weakest points uh are their lines um or at least among their weakest points and that challenge is allowed to be a lot more significant when you're talking about the Eagles whose greatest strengths probably lie in the trenches 
Absolutely. I mean, they have former Georgia Bulldogs, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, he, you know, was very, very impressive through the first two weeks. He has he threw for over 300 yards against the Bears and he hasn't thrown an interception and he's only been sacked once. So are you expecting him to make his first mistake against this Eagles dominant defense? Yeah, he's only had one turnover-worthy play so far. And one of the things that I've been tracking with Baker is that two things that have derailed his career are his inability to play out of structure as much as he'd like to, to play out of structure and to be successful in doing that. So he's a quarterback going back to college in his days at Oklahoma. He wanted to be able to play outside of structure. And at the college level, he could do that enough. So he wanted to – he kind of you – know, Mark Schofield wrote about this at the time. I always remember that piece going back to before that draft. But he was a well, kind of welcome the chaos guy, you know, and he, and, and he thrived in that environment. Went to the NFL, and when he would try to play that way at the NFL level, he just could not consistently sustain success playing that way. So that play out of structure uh, throughout his career has been a weak point for him. So that's one thing that I noticed with him. The second thing that I wonder with him that's derailed him is decision-making at times. Um, he has, although he has the arm to make all the throws, and that is a huge strength of his, sometimes he will take risks and chances when he shouldn't do that. Uh, and so this season, only one turnover-worthy play, and he's been excellent out of structure. Those two things that have consistently derailed his career throughout his career so far to this point, a large sample size, have been excellent so far with the Bucks. Will that continue? I don't know. I have my doubts that that's going to continue to that degree. But from what we've seen so far, that has been – if, if we're going to – if we're of the mindset that this is the growth season for Baker Mayfield where he's taking the leap, offense is built around him, it's tailored the right way to his skill set, then, yeah, it makes sense that those would be the trends that continue, that he would continue to limit those things. Now, against Philly, you know, there's – certainly a lot less room for error. So it doesn't mean that he will be perfect in this game, but those are things that you want to see if you're a Bucks fan. Can he sustain, continue to create and be able to be good outside of structure as much as because he does like to play that way? And can he continue to avoid turnover-worthy plays and uh, being costly with the football? Those are two things. If they want to win this game, they pretty much that he'll have to do those things well. I want to touch on, continue to talk about the Bucks offense. Uh, one of Baker Mayfield's elite targets we know is going to be Mike Evans. And so also we're going to see a little bit of, you know, Chris Godwin as well, but I want to focus on Evans. Uh, what would you say is the Eagles' secret to limiting him? They just came off of a matchup against the Vikings. Um, Justin Jefferson didn't score. You know, he he looked pretty good, but Darius Slay was definitely able to, you know, follow him for majority of the game. So what would you say should be the Eagles' focus on limiting him? Well, it, it will be interesting to see what Philadelphia does. Still getting a feel for kind of this defense and how much they want to like, oh, we got one primary guy who mostly lines up on the outside. Let's lock him with a corner and follow him all over the field. And that typically has been the best way to stop Mike Evans over the years. If you have a premier lockdown corner and you ask him to man Mike Evans up, you know, if you have that type of a guy, the matchups, the few matchups that he struggled in uh, over the years have been that type. Um, so you need one of your corners to play that way. Um, if, if Slay's healthy, I, I haven't seen the report on him from today, but if he's able to go or anything like that, then he would probably be the choice. Um, Bradbury as well. Like I think he missed the last game if I recall correctly. So those guys could be now this has been primarily a zone heavy defense. I don't know whether they're going to tailor or change what they do to be able to stop Evans. They have been preoccupied with kind of preventing big plays over the top, playing two deep safeties, things like that over the years. Philadelphia has been so I would say if they continue to do that, they may be willing to live with the short to intermediate damage that Evans gives them and just try and prevent the big play over the top. That's happened in both games so far. Evans has made big plays down the field for touchdowns in weeks one and week two. So they're certainly going to try and limit that and then tackle the catch. You know, that's been a big 
Evans has not been traditionally a great receiver after the catch in his career, but in this in this so this season, uh, he has great marks in that regard, mostly due to pretty shoddy tackling. So Philadelphia will need to be better kind of in those basic ways. Don't blow a coverage. Make sure you tackle them, get them on the ground. My guess is rather than follow them all over the field, they're going to probably say we can live with the damage, you know, if the short to intermediate. We don't want to change what we do. Let's tackle the catch. Let's keep a safety over the top, prevent the big plays. We'll double if he goes vertical. Things like that will kind of limit him, and then they'll live with the stuff underneath. And James Bradbury, uh, they did tweet out today that he has clear concussion protocol, so he should nice. be back to go. But the Eagles secondary has definitely been one of their – just not the, one of their strong suits so far. Um, Avante Maddox also dealing with a torn pec, so he might be out for the remainder of the season. I know that he was placed mm -hmm. on IR, and so the secondary is definitely going to be something to just pay attention to when you look at these Buccaneers' elite wide receiver threats. But I do want to continue to focus on offense – Switching to the other side, let's look at the Eagles. And so last week, um, DeAndre Swift was their guy. Definitely dominated the run game. He finished with a career high of 175 rushing yards. And so um, I don't know how it's going to be this week, if they're going to be able to continue to do that with him, yes, if he's going to be able to continue to sustain such a heavy workload. Um, but how do you think that the Bucks are going to plan to slow down the Philadelphia Eagles rushing attack? Yeah, good matchup of strengths here. Bucks run defense has been amongst the best in the league. I was actually trying to check. Yeah, Rush EPA, I believe, allowed. They've been in top three or four, I believe, so far. Uh, we know, obviously, we're talking about two weeks. Um, and against, they're about to face better competition. Yeah, it looks like Rush EPA, they're fifth right now. Um, okay. We look at all downs with win probability kind of turned off there. So, yeah, it looks like this, this has been, uh, obviously, a huge success uh, for Tampa Bay over the years under Todd Bulls, but especially this season getting back to – stopping the run at a high level. Vita Vea has played exceptional football through the first two weeks. He's an interesting matchup always with Jason Kelsey because it kind of takes every bit of craft that Kelsey has, and he's obviously got a considerable amount to be able to beat Vea because Vea is so much bigger and stronger than he is. Um, Kelsey's usually able to do that at a pretty high level. They have found ways to get to Jalen Hurts over the years, but in terms of the run game, I think it's definitely what Philadelphia wants to get going, and they consider this probably a good test for them. Now, the Bucks aren't strong across the board necessarily in their defensive front, but it hasn't been exposed yet by either of the teams that they faced. Uh, Minnesota just kind of got away from the run a lot. Um, they're really still figuring out what they want to be without Dalvin Cook and as a run game. And the Bears' offense is just so disjointed that I don't know that they have a great sense of what they want to be either as a, as a, as a run game. So this will be a much better test for the Bucs, I would say, uh, than the Eagles. I think the Eagles will face – defensive lines that are probably a little bit stronger even than the Bucks. But what the Bucks typically have is just players who are very assignment sound. Um, that Levante David, Avita Vea, uh, Joe Trinchoenka, like I would say these players are genuinely Shaq Barrett, really assignment sound players who aren't going to get exposed in that way very often. Devin White's the one you'd, if you're going to use motion and get somebody out of position, Devin White's usually the guy that you're trying to target. He's been better this season. We'll see if that continues. He likes to play fast and sometimes he plays too fast as a result of that. And then I just be mindful of wherever Logan Hall is. I mean, the Eagles are going to try and target him in the run game. The Bucs have – he has really struggled in the defensive line for the Bucs, double teams, and just everything is an inside technique. It's He just really struggles to anchor, struggles to hold his ground. And so this is going to be a, a huge test for him, and I'll be very curious if Tampa Bay continues to play him at the same rate they have. He's been like right around Vita Vea and snap counts every game. They've been the two leaders in snap counts for the Bucs, and I'm not sure Logan Hall is going to be able to hold up in this type of a matchup. Uh, against the Eagles run game. Um, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers perspective, 
looking at the Eagles offense, what player would you say is the most threatening going up against? Well, I think just figuring out how to stop them schematically is probably the biggest thing. I mean, it starts with Hertz. Like, just what he's able to do as a as a dual threat, I think, is is significant. I think any defensive coordinator would probably say when you start game planning for Philadelphia, you have to start there, and because I think you have to be able to make sure you can account for both things. So, pass rush being able to contain him is huge. Um, the Bucks will probably blitz him a good bit. They're one of the blitz heavier teams in the league. Um, over the years, they've obviously had some success against Hertz blitzing him um, in the playoffs in the regular season. Last year, that kind of went away a little bit, but they also weren't as good last year. Um, so I think that will be one of the keys um, for them is is how much they can affect him. Um, I wouldn't say Hertz is somebody that rattles easily under pressure or anything like that. So I don't think it's kind of like you would see the situation with Justin Fields last week or where it just felt like there was no way he was getting through a full drive at some points in that game um, without being able to, without them punting. And so I think that that'll be kind of where they start is trying to figure out how to control him control the run game and the options that exist off of that. But then you also, AJ Brown is just such a considerable threat. I know he hasn't gotten going yet this season, but after the stuff last week, you can bet that Philadelphia is going to come out and target him. What the Dallas Goddard stuff was a topic. And what did they do? They went on touted, targeted him right away in the next game. And I think they'll do that with Brown as well. And, and why not? I mean, th- so far the Bucks' biggest weakness this season, because Carlton Davis didn't play last week and didn't practice today. I don't think um, that's going to be their biggest weakness is in the secondary. They have absolutely no depth there. Zion McCollum was fine last week. Uh, he actually played pretty well when he was targeted. He was rarely targeted. The, like I said before, the bears don't know what they're doing on offense. So that was kind of an easy test for him. And he passed it with flying colors over the course of his career so far, he's really struggled in the NFL. We'll see. Obviously, he's young and he was raw, so the potential for him to get better is there. But he is, I think, a big question mark on one side for the Bucks if Carlton Davis doesn't play. And then I think Jamal Dean on the other side. Normally, I would say very good things about Jamal Dean, but this season, I don't know what the reason is, but he has been very, very poor. He's probably been their worst player on their team um, so far this season and doesn't look from the All-22 like – he's interested or playing with much urgency, which is a real concern. So I would want to figure out what's going on there and try and tap into that if I were the Bucks. But the Eagles have gone after him before and 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 definitely found some success over the years going after Jamel Dean. Double moves of, I think, every Eagles game since Dean's been a Buck, they've gone after him with a double move for either a big play or if you remember in the playoffs, the one that they got him with the double move and then Mike Edwards picked off Jalen Hurts. It's kind of saved the day there because he had a touchdown. So they will go after Jamel Dean after seeing the last two weeks of tape and that will be, could be perhaps a splash play there. There could be where the game's won or lost. Yeah, Jalen Hurts against the Vikings, he was sacked four times. Um, I do feel like, you know, despite everything we saw with A.J. Brown, uh, Jason Kelsey was talking about how in the like, locker room they understand that they're not playing like a 2-0 and o team, that they don't look like themselves. And so they are very much so not comfortable being like they're uncomfortable being comfortable pretty much and so I think that this is going to be a big game they're coming off of this mini mini buy so they've had time to make these necessary adjustments and so I'm hoping that Jalen Hurts can get back to the Jalen Hurts that we are used to seeing um but it's definitely going to be a a really good game uh what do you say your uh score predictions are going to be for this matchup Oh man, I think the Eagles will get it going on offense a little bit. I think the Bucks have had some favorable opponents and and against the Vikings, all the blitzes worked. It hit perfectly. They got all the pressures. When you have a game like that as a blitz heavy DC, it just emboldens you and you want to go crazy. And against the Bears, frankly, they didn't all work, but it didn't matter because the Bears couldn't capitalize because as I mentioned, they don't know what they're doing on offense. Yeah, the yeah, Eagles are going to be a more significant test to me. I think Philly will get going on offense a little bit. 
I see this being like a 30 to 17 type of game. Okay. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really, really do appreciate it. Before we get out of here, do you want to plug anything? Let the listeners know where your work is. Yeah, on Twitter, you can follow me at Ledyard, L-E-D-Y-A-R-D, NFL Draft, as you can see there on the screen if you're watching. Um, you can also listen to my podcast, Audibles and Analytics. Uh, there is a subscriber pod on Substack. Um, people subscribe, mainly listen to Ollie Connolly and myself, talk NFL a couple times. Uh, well, we talk at least once a week through the season and then the offseason as well, draft and free agency and all of those kind of things. Uh, but I also cover the Bucks on there, and I'll do a Bucks podcast usually about once a week. And um, sometimes just do a solo NFL pod and you can see my draft work all over there too, scouting reports, things of that nature. Um, and then, yeah, there'll be a new podcast dropping soon, which will be fun uh, covering the Steelers called Yin's No Ball. That'll be gone a, a couple a couple days a week. So excited about that podcast as well. So yeah, fun, fun times in store. Okay. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. We're definitely going to have you back on the BGN radio feed. So thank you. Thank you for all of your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was great. P-G-N.